Hey, everybody, and a good day to you all. This is Scott Walters on the Walters Wanderings Travel Podcast. This is episode number six, Add a Finger. And before we get our guest in to talk about safaris and the African experience, just a reminder that any booking land only portion or cruise only portion, $21 off each $1,000 of the trip. So if you do a $3,000 trip, you'll get $63 off it, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope you'll book with me for 2021. This offer is good until December 31st of this year, and travel has to commence by December 31st of 2021. All right, now that that is said, we will bring in our friend, Augustine Minja. There he is. He's going to talk safaris with us. And uh, uh, good afternoon there in uh, beautiful Tanzania. Hi there. Good afternoon, Scott. How are you this uh, morning for you? It's evening I'm over doing, here. I'm doing great. Um, so I guess let's start from the beginning. How did you actually get into the travel and safari business? As Scott, I was born and raised uh, on the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. And when I was in secondary school at age 16, we took a school trip to the Ngorongoro Crater. And once I was down there and saw the abundance and diversity of animals, I was so amazed. And from that point, I fell in love with wildlife and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to be a naturalist guide who will be leading uh, groups and explain all about this safari thing. So that's how it all started. Uh, but then after high school, I joined the prestigious wildlife school here in Tanzania for my wildlife management and tour guiding. And when I finished that, I did tourism and travel agents management from, from Cambridge International College through long distance learning. And after that, I got hired uh, with one of the major tour operators in Tanzania and I was their lead naturalist guide, was basically leading American zoo groups an alumni association from the United States. So this goes way back, 23 years ago. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So you know your way around the area, you know your way around the animals, if you were a naturalist. So you definitely have uh, both, uh, you know, both sets of experience on your side, which is great. So the mm -hmm. safari experience, um, I guess there's really no specific audience because anyone of any age can really enjoy the splendors of uh, the safari and what uh, what it has to offer. Um, so I guess let's start from, you know, the, the aspect of what kind of, uh, what, what are the different types of clients that you would say would be uh, able to most uh, enjoy a safari? Or is it just everybody? Uh, Scott, uh, my 23 years experience as a naturalist guide and as a founder and owner of Augustine's Adventure Africa, trading as AA Africa is, safari is good for anybody. Uh, for the youngsters, my great recommendation would be anybody from six, seven years onwards, but it, it will have to be somebody who is an adventure traveler. This is not like when you go on vacation in the Caribbean. This is the adventure life, somebody who will enjoy being around animals, somebody who will enjoy beautiful landscapes, somebody who will enjoy a typical wilderness life. Um, it's, not, it's not like staying in the beach. 
is really being out in the field, explore the land, explore the animals, enjoy the nature, being there, listening to the beautiful songs of the birds, at night hearing lions roaring and all of that. So this is really for any adventure traveler, somebody who's ready to get put the city behind and get out in the wilderness life. So you, you're saying that obviously we're, we're not going to Disney World and the Animal Kingdom Lodge there, even though you do get some experience, but it's not as authentic, of course. So I guess the next question is um, when it comes to um, going to these places on these safaris, what are the accommodations like? If you're saying this is an adventure travel kind of thing, you know, it might be a little bit different than, you know, staying at, uh, you know, some big resort hotel or some all-inclusive resort or even a cruise ship for that matter. Well, uh, before we even get into that, um, uh, I would like to spend a little time explaining about the attraction that we have in this country. Uh, Tanzania is probably the only country in the whole planet that have set aside about 40% of its land for wildlife conservation. And I'm just going to touch base the northern part of the country. You know, we have several interesting national parks here, uh, starting with Arusha National Park, which is just an hour away from the city. This is where you have the second highest mountain, Mount Meru. Beautiful park, you know, uh, interesting um, landscape. This is where you can see both Mount Kilimanjaro and Mount Meru at the same time. Uh, a, a series of salt lakes where you see thousands of flamingos and you can see a very beautiful primate known as black and white colobus. But then when you drive further, uh, as you're heading uh, south west of Arusha, there's Tarangiri National Park. This is uh, East African Kingdom of Elephants. If you really don't appreciate elephants, this park is not recommended for you. <laughs> There's <laughs> elephants everywhere and beautiful and beautiful bird life. But as you keep going further into the Great Rift Valley escarpment, there's another beautiful park known as Lake Manyara National Park. We call this home to the tree climbing lions. It's an amazing salt lakes known as Lake Manyara. Thousands of pink flamingos in here. Beautiful a forest in this part. You know, this is where you say you're actually nourishing your soul. As you keep going further into the northern part uh, of the country, you're going through Ngorongoro Conservation Area. At one point, Ngorongoro Conservation Area was part of, of Serengeti National Park. But because Serengeti National Park had to be a national park from uh, what was Maasai land uh, back then, they divided it and set aside Ngorongoro Conservation Area where they relocated all the Maasai who used to live in the, the today's Serengeti National Park and they, they now live in Ngorongoro Conservation Area. This is the only protected area of its kind where wildlife and people cohabit. You know, Maasai people do not eat game meat and they have been living with these animals from time immemorial. So they intermingle uh, with these animals, they take care of their livestock, they do not touch the animals, they conserve the animals because this is something they have been doing from time immemorial. Now in Gorongoro Conservation Area is where Gorongoro Crater is. 
Now, when you speak of Ngorongoro Crater, this is African Garden of Eden. It's only the size of Washington, D.C., a little over 105 square miles. But the concentration of wildlife that you find it here is what made it to be called African Garden of Eden. There's at least between 20 and 20,000 animals living in this area, which is the size of Washington, D.C., you know, only 105 square miles. Now, are there, uh, any, are there any, I'm sorry to interrupt, are there any swamp creatures in this crater or not? Well, the crater floor, which is 105 square mile, part of it is swampy area. And this is where you find, you know, hippos. Hippos are swampy animals. They like to be in oh, the and hippos, all of that. Exactly. Don't get, mad. Don't, don't get hippopotamus mad. They will, they will take you apart. Oh, you don't want to try that. At least no. we do. We're not. We will not let you do that here, uh, Scott. <laughs> but then, when you go further, then you're going to the mother of all the national parks in Africa, Serengeti National Park. Now, you have heard of the Great Wildebeest Migration. This is where this is taking place. Now, Serengeti National Park is the size of Connecticut State. This is a giant place. is approximately eight thousand square miles. Now. 2 million plus animals, these mostly wildebeest, zebras, and gazelles, are moving across this huge ecosystem, which extends a little bit to the uh, Kenya's Masai Mara. And what these animals do is they follow the rain, the localized rain pattern, because that guarantees them with rain, I mean, with water and green grass. Now, this is the most fascinating thing that any adventure traveler coming to Tanzania will not want to miss this. This is what Serengeti is known for. Now, apart from that, Serengeti is also a, a stronghold of uh, cat animals like, you know, lions, um, hyenas, although hyenas are not cats, but cheetahs, leopards, and so on. It is a giant national park that you need, you know, several days at least to touch base some of the hot spot. Now, a combination of these is is actually um, added with Mount Kilimanjaro. Now, Mount Kilimanjaro, and, and I want to let you climb this. It should be a piece of cake for you, Scott. Um, you... <laughs> just make all sure that you need to be is just be... I just give me my oxygen pack and I'm all right, you know? <laughs> all that you need to be is be physiologically okay and physically excellent. Piece of cake, Kilimanjaro, most people uh, would hike it, round trip climbing Kilimanjaro would be seven days, uh, seven days, six nights would be a good pace climbing. Some yeah. few professionals could do it, you know, six days, five nights, but I would say that's a little bit pushing. Uh, but this is for really those adventure travel because sure. no, there's no question. you need somebody who trained. Yeah, to, to be up to yeah. be up nineteen thousand feet like that—that's adventure. There's no question about that. So that's exactly. a, quite a nice overview of of the of the whole setting in Tanzania. Now, I guess you know we we talk about the accommodations, but let's talk about the the average length of a, of a safari tour. I mean, from from the time you touch down from the airplane to the time your wheels up leaving, how many days and how many nights uh, are we expecting, and and how many stops would there be in in a typical safari tour when i started uh augustine's adventure africa trading as aa africa in 2009 
had a, I had been already guiding for 13 years, and that gave me tremendous amount of experience of both designing itineraries and knowing the best way to handle pacing and a selection of accommodation and all of that. Now, one thing that makes AA Africa different from a lot of other suppliers is we design all our itinerary because all that we do is custom, customized packages and privately operated. One of the things that makes us different with a lot of other suppliers is our itineraries are designed to follow the great world abuse migration. This world abuse migration movement changes position based on the rain from north coming down south, west, they go back north. So, and this differs depending on the time of the year. So all our itineraries would be designed in such a way that if Willoughby's migration is in the southern part of Serengeti, we'll make sure that we get our people over there. When it's in the western part of Serengeti, what we call Western Corridor, we'll make sure that our guests will reach that place. When they're up north on the northern tip of Serengeti to going towards Masai Mara, we make sure that we go there. There are two interesting facts about this migration, which I would say 99.9% .9 of our guests have been enjoying. And that's seeing them crossing Mara River, this is during August, October, and seeing the calving season when they're giving birth. Within a period of four to six weeks, 250,000 babies are born within that wow. short period of time. And that is uh, January, uh, depending on the rain, uh, beginning of February, end of February, getting into March. It's all rain, localized rain pattern centered. So these are all our itineraries. You know, remember that I've been a naturalist for 23 years consecutively. I know what, and I've been doing mostly American clients. I know what American clients enjoy most when we get them out here. So any single of our itinerary will have to get the clients to one of these locations depending on time of the year. So coming back to your question after that little preview, uh, if you really want to have an excellent pacing itinerary, our suggestion have always been 10 to 12 days. And we are taking into account that, you know, people have limited vacation time. They want to divide that into going different places. I've had, we have had like 20% of our guests doing two weeks, but for most people, most people cannot get that. 10 to 12 days will be an excellent pacing. Now, if people have limited time, then I'll say eight to nine days will be good. Anything less than that, a few times I've had seven days, which are totally discouraged, but if that's what people have, we'll try to squeeze in things, but that will be really pushing it and the pacing will not be good. And our theme in, at AA Africa as a supplier has always been two night stays minimum on most places, with the exception of the arrival day in Arusha. The arrival day, most people arrive here at night, they're jet-legged and all of that. We recommend them to actually come one day earlier if their finance and budget allows them to do that. Those who cannot, most of them do. 75% of our guests will try to come one day earlier so that they get, take it easy because they arrive here with KLM, most of them it's at night. Uh, instead of immediately going on safari in the morning, they have that day, an easy leisurely day 
after lunch, they go for shopping, come back, and then the following day, they are ready to now leave the city behind and go deep into the wilderness life. So priority 10 to 12, eight to nine is good. Seven, six to seven, not good, but it can be done. That's great. Now, what about like food and 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 at the accommodations? When 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 you're going to these, I guess they're like camps more or less. They're not like going to the Marriott Hotel or something. You're you're at some camp. What 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 should what should clients expect to eat while they're on safari? Not obviously not the animals. You know they're going to be watching hopefully, but I'm sure that there's you know there's great culinary stuff that you know was going to open up uh, people's minds, eyes, and palates. There's no doubt. Right, right. You you made me uh, remember. I stayed in one Mar Marriott in in California, beautiful place. Definitely nothing like that in terms of the theme, but very beautiful facilities, uh, which is blended in with the African theme. Now, when we talk of accommodation. Most people, because I come to, I've been coming to the United States for marketing since 2005. And this is one of the major questions that we are asked by the guests. Hey, Augustine, do we really have a good place to stay? The answer is, oh, yes. Really beautiful. Now, our kind of accommodation is divided into three categories. When you, when you arrive in Arusha, you are going to stay mostly in hotels if you're in the downtown area. Then the other category is lodges. And then we have tented camps. Now, they are, when we say tented camps, they are divided into two categories. There's what we call permanent tented lodges, which is part of that is concrete, and part of it is canvas. So they have blended two different themes to make it very unique. And then, and these are permanent facilities because they, are, they, they involve either wooden floor or some sort of concrete. But then we have what we call semi-permanent camps. Now, semi-permanent camps, these are mostly camps that moved with the wildebeest migration. When we have wildebeest migration, say in the Ndutu Plains, this is southeast of Serengeti and Gorongoro conservation area, wildebeest are going to stay there, say, depending on the rain, end of, end of December, January, February, March. After that, they move. So you do, most investors will not like to put their permanent facilities there because migration is going to be there just for a few months. So they, we have few permanent tented camps and lodges, but majority of facilities here are the semi-permanent where they pitch it. It stays there for two, three, four months then it moves with the migration. Now, when we say semi-permanent, is a very good size tent. You have your room, just like the normal room you'd have in a hotel, is an end suite, you know, bathroom, inside, toilet, inside, flushable, king size or twin bed, depending on the need, but it is down on the ground, right? It's not on the platform because this is not, this is semi-permanent. Then they have a large, uh, dining tent where everybody gets their meal and so on. Uh, on the te permanent tented lodges, as I explained earlier on, there are permanent facilities, either on wooden platforms or concrete platform. Part of that is wooden or concrete and a large portion of it is canvas. So bottom line here is we have three uh, star, three to three and a half stars 
whether it's a hotel, it's a lodge or tented camp. Um, then we have the next level. That first level is what we call deluxe. Then the next level is luxury. This would be four to four and a half stars facility of the three kinds I've mentioned out there. And then comes ultra luxury. These are the five stars. Now, Steve, I mean, I mean, I mean, Scott, these five star facilities, they are really expensive, but they're also very, very nice. The luxury, very, very nice. On all the concepts, most of these wilderness lodges and tented camps have been blended with the wilderness life, with the environment out there. Now, the amazing thing is when you're in, while you're in the Serengeti, very interesting to hear the lions roaring at night or hyenas making their laughing call or hear you know, jackals barking and all of that. And, and, and most time we prepare our guests because some guests, when they're staying in one of these uh, semi-permanent tented camps, they, oh my God, this lion is roaring. Is it coming to pick one of us? <laughs> the answer is no, there are plenty of food to eat out there. And, and a lion can roar and you can hear it three miles away. So it is, it's all these wilderness melodies that really makes it very interesting. So great choices to stay. The reason why we, we customize all our safaris is we want to accommodate all levels of budget. If somebody wants to stay in a three to three and a half uh, star accommodation, we'll go ahead and provide that. We have tremendous experience. We have good connection with these facilities because we have been in the field for, you know, doing this for the last two decades, uh, a little bit over that. So we know where to put people at what time, depending on the pattern of the wildlife. Now, all these facilities, somebody else say, well, we want it a little upgrade. We want to do four to four and a half, either a lodge or a tented camp. Either way, we'll go ahead and accommodate that all the way to the top level, which is ultra luxury. Now, each one of these, whether it's a three, four, or five stars, is an ensuite facility. All of them have hot water shower inside, flushable toilets, bathroom is inside. They either operate on generators or solar power because one of the emphasis with our conservation policies is to be as friendly to nature as possible. So solar power is in high use as well as generator occasionally. Um, they do have uh, Wi-Fi, most of them, these days. Oh, my. So you can, you can be in the middle of Serengeti and, and, and sending a picture to your family back, in, back home uh, with no doubt. Or you can talk through WhatsApp or Wi-Fi, call your family, whatever you, you prefer to do. And um, the food. Yes, food. About food. Got to know about food. There's no doubt. Very important. Very important. Um, the policy in Tanzania is to, as a country, is to give the best possible uh, excellent services to all our guests who comes across the planet. And food is number one priority. Um, there's a combination of Western cuisine and African cuisine and a little bit of Indian cuisine. So it's a mixture. Special dietary requirement like vegetarian, vegans, allergies, some people don't eat cucumber, they don't eat this and that. All of this is well taken care of. And most services are, all breakfasts are buffet. So you get 
uh, there's a buffet that you go and get your eggs, bacon, sausages, plenty of fruits, because in this country we don't import fruits, it's all locally uh, grown, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, then most of the time people take packed lunch because most people want to get the best out of this uh, wilderness experience. Uh, packed lunch is always available on all of these facilities where we stay. Um, so this special dietary requirement, which we get it quite a few times, I don't eat yogurt, I don't eat any diet, I don't eat any dairy product, I don't eat this and that. All that we need from you, our travel agents from overseas, is send us um, an email ahead of time and say, Augustine, I have two people in my group who will not eat A, B, C, D, and will notify at the facilities and that will be taken care of. So you can get anything from chicken, you know, steak. Um, I mean, cooked in different ways, stewed, you know, steel fried, all of that. Um, vegetarian meals, plenty. A little bit of Indian tastes, soups, salads, fruits, desserts, all of that. So just assume like you're back home in a very good quality hotel. That's what we're getting. However, it's goes with the levels, three to three and a half, four to four and a half, five stars. The, the, the quality of few things, like a steak that you'll get in a five star will probably be a little bit different from what you get in a three star, just like anywhere in the world. Sure. But we have never had any 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 problem with, with food. Well, that's charging, yeah, charging of your equipment, like cameras, you know, phones and all of that, iPads, is done in all, all the lodges. Although they use solar power, uh, most of them have the charging station in the main house, or quite a few of them have them charging a station in your room. I'm talking of the semi-permanent. All the permanent facilities, you can charge it right from your room. There's no problem. And quite a, few, quite a few of these, you can also use a hair dryer. I don't need a hair dryer much, and you don't either. Yeah, but okay. Like myself, I don't really need one of those. Right. No, 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 much, not much. Of now we have to discuss this because it's just it, it is what it is. So, what about the, uh, COVID protocols, and and how are you meeting and exceeding um, the the needs uh, in in our COVID age? So, before I cover that, um, if you can allow me, I'll quickly cover about the means of transportation we use. Sure, so of that course. people get no can get I an idea. Uh-huh. So we use uh, excellent quality Toyota Land Cruisers that have been extended to take seven people. These are uh, window seat guarantees. These Toyota Land Cruisers have pop-up roof. So we pop the roof up for unrestricted wildlife viewing when we are in the national park doing game driving. Um, we have the charging station outlets right in the Jeep. So when you are on safari, full day game driving the Serengeti, you don't say, oh my God, my camera battery is dead. No, you can charge it right here. We have upgraded all our vehicles. They're good to go. In the same safari Jeeps at the back, we have a good size fridge where we put drinks to make it cold. You know, water, especially, this is a tropical country. It can be warm during the day. So we have all the water put in the fridge to make it as cold as possible for people to use. Um, we have radio communication, so our vehicles can communicate. 
between our vehicles or other or other sister companies or anybody out there for the sake of good number of things, uh, animal sightings, as well as other communication which are on the benefits of our guests. Our, the other major means of, of transportation would be uh, flying, small planes that we call these bush planes. Uh, this ranges anything from Cessna, you know, caravan, Cessna Grand Caravan, let's take, you know, 12, part 13, 17 to 18. So 85% of our clients at AA Africa, they fly back. So what does this mean? You start your day in Arusha, you visit one after another national park, you end up in Serengeti, whether it's Northern Serengeti, Western or Southern, and you fly back. Because remember, Scott, roads in the national parks are not paved. They're bumpy right. roads. Our, our conservation policies does not allow roads to be paved. We want things to look as authentic as, as it can possibly be. So it's bumpy, it's, it's, it's dusty, or it's muddy if it's raining, but hey, it is a great adventure. We actually call this Bumpy Road African Massage Road. It's all included. You get it African free massage. That's, yeah. African I, massage. I, I, had clients, I had clients a couple of years ago, and, and, and they showed me some video, and it was like I said, and I, I just said to them, oh, it's like being on, a, on an old-fashioned washboard. And they sort of said yes. And I said, well, you know, it's, it's just part of the adventure, you know, because we have to understand that. So that's pretty yeah. nice. Uh -huh. so, so then that's one way you start the trip in Arusha, finish in Serengeti and fly back. Most, I would say 85% of our guests do that. The remaining percentage, they say, would rather save that $300 per person to fly back. We will drive the entire trip, which we still organize it. We just switch it a little bit to cut down the driving distance. So uh, they, they'll be driven the entire trip. Same adventure, just one part, one group have decided to lengthen the, the trip by flying back. Another trip, another group say, we'll just drive and enjoy nature, enjoy landscape and all of that. The animals are the same. So whether you're flying back or driving the enter, you get the same experience. <laughs> all right. right. That's, so that's, a, that's, that's really friends. informative. I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so, so now and, back to and, and, Go ahead. Uh -huh. Since we customize all of the trips, in our website, we have some sample itineraries, but we go case by case. And since we customize each of the itinerary and we run it privately, uh, we talk like I talked with you, Scott. I said, okay, uh, what do you want? A, these are the options, A, B, C, D. What is the budget of your clients? Do, can they afford flying back? Do they want to drive enter trip? These are the advantages and disadvantages and all of that. So it's case by case. And, and some people want to see certain things and other people want to see certain things. Like, uh, you know, I know that if my, my youngest daughter, she could be where the elephants are for a whole week and she'd be very happy. You know, my, 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 my son would want to see the climbing lions and then the wildebeest migration. So everyone has their own different thing. So I fully exactly. understand that. Now, exactly. back, back to the COVID, because we have to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. what, what kind of protocols uh, are you putting in place uh, to ensure that everyone's traveling safe? I know that Tanzania has uh, always been on the good-to-go list for United States travelers during this whole crisis and still is. 
So what can you tell us about uh, the COVID uh, protocols that, uh, you know, you, you and your, your, uh, your particular people that you work with are doing? Excellent. Um, Scott, I'll be very happy and, and very open. You know, I believe in being open and courageous that uh, Tanzania is, is really the last COVID um, person was back in April and we opened the country you know, end of May, beginning of June. We have not had any case since then. And everything back here in Tanzania is just as normal, but that does not mean people are not taking precautions. So our government uh, put in place in collaboration with WHO, uh, what we call standard operating procedures, which is basically guidelines on the safety of all of our travel, because we're the first African country to open borders for international travelers. Uh, so we have all these set um, uh, standard operating procedures, SOPs, which guides all the tour operators, uh, the owners of facilities, the transports uh, that we use uh, to, to operate in rather a very safe way. In the first place, we only the country only requires a COVID test certificate for the incoming travelers if, number one, the airline that they use requires that, Number two, their country of origin, say United States, require them to do that. So right now, so okay. you get, yeah, right, right now uh, the airlines, because I I flown I flew to Mexico in September, the airline did not require any kind of COVID tests, and New York State only requires a test upon return uh, to the country. So we would just clients from New York at least would have to. You'll go ahead and, and uh, obtain the test before returning back to New York, uh, which is, I'm sure, something that could be arranged through you and your companies. Other states, it all differs, and every day the, 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 the whole regulations and protocols are changing. So this is great information to know. I really yes. appreciate that. Mm -hmm. no. So that... Go ahead. Uh, so that, that was just the, the introduction, but once the guest gets here at the Kilimanjaro International Airport, um, what happens is they'll check their temperature and then the respective, we will take your clients, we'll also check their temperature before they board into our land cruisers, we'll bring them to the hotel in Arusha. The vehicle, our vehicle will be sanitized on the, on the handles and different parts that are very common for people to handle. We would expect the masks, you know, clients to come with their own masks for use, especially in the crowded areas. Uh, in the hotel, distancing between during meals time, you know, uh, making people to stay further apart in, in, most, in most places, uh, cleaning their rooms in all the safety procedures, sanitizing them and make sure that they do a thorough cleaning of their respective rooms. And once you, you go out in the field into the wilderness camps, the procedure is the same, check your temperature, uh, take good care of cleaning the rooms and major facilities, social distancing, and all of that. Even the staff in the airport, they make sure that they're all tested to be sure that they are okay because they're actually meeting the guests. Same thing with our staff, the guides, and everybody else who's involved on all of this. Now, for countries that requires the COVID uh, test certificate, COVID-free test certificate on return. Most of these, I'm seeing them with some of the airlines. 
um, they, they need a certificate 72 hours before flying back home. And we have we organize this here in country, taking this uh, the, the the medical personnel take the samples out and get the results back before people flying back home. But only if this is required a with the airline, b with the host country where they're going back. So in a nutshell, that's how it is. But Tanzania is very safe. You know, activities are just going on just like normal. Schools are open from baby class to universities. Uh, church services in place, different social activities in place, but people are still, you know, taking precautions and all of that. We understand that. Oh, yeah. one more. Yeah, last thing before I let you go, and you've been you've been incredibly informative. I, I I've really enjoyed listening and and learning much more than I knew before. You had mentioned to me before the podcast about possible extension that's optional to Zanzibar. So I want to mm -hmm. talk about that for people who'd want to have a little relaxation on the beach after they have their safari time. Exactly. So as AA Africa, as I said earlier, we, we specialize in, in, in custom and private safari to Tanzania. But we do provide optional extension to number one, Zanzibar. 75% of our people are going there. Uh, extension to Maasai Mara, for those who are interested extension to Rwanda for the gorilla trekking. So these are some of our extension. And as soon as COVID is taken care of globally across, across the continent, we'll also be providing extension to southern part of Africa. That's South Africa, Botswana, and Victoria Falls. Wow. But for now... Right, you can't exactly. necessarily do that. But that's, exactly. that's awesome. That, 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 that really is incredible. Well... Uh -huh. I, I really appreciate and you. So, uh -huh. Go, go ahead. Else? No, go. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. So I was saying for Zanzibar, once you once, because I said safari is an adventure. Now the real vacation is now down in Zanzibar. It's like going in Caribbean now. So we put you first on the real adventure, then we take you down to Zanzibar for you to take it easy. Zanzibar is is an hour, ten minutes flight from Arusha. Very nice, small, beautiful beach where there's tremendous history. The slave trade in East Africa, Zanzibar, was the major slave trade market. So tremendous history there. There's also old stone town. You know, Zanzibar was at one time under the Arabs. So there's the stone town of Zanzibar is actually part of the World Heritage Site because of all this old city with all these old Arab architects. Now, then we take you, that, that normally is, is a whole day's tour of all of this. Then Zanzibar is also known for spice. It's number one producer of cloves in the world. Clove, C-L-O-V-E-S, as a spice, and a lot yeah, of other spices. Those, those I put on my ham for, 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 for uh, Thanksgiving and Easter. So I know about exactly. cloves. Exactly. And, and so that's a beautiful tour of spice tour. Then we take you to the beach for you know two or three days to relax and enjoy the beautiful white sand of Zanzibar. And here you can do either scuba diving or snorkeling. So it's a combination of most of our people do at least you know five days, four nights, some of them like honeymooners, even six. It really depends on what people want to do. And but our minimum recommendation would be three nights. Anything less than that is a loss of energy. 
no. because one day is a, yeah one day is a travel day so you don't want to mess it up uh, so right. that's very very interesting especially after you've done the safari thing well it sounds like it sounds like a it sounds like there's so many great opportunities and I'm so glad that you're with me today to be able to discuss that and to have people watch and uh, learn all about the whole safari experience because it really is fascinating. And, uh, and I, you know, Tanzania is, is really a, a beautiful, beautiful place. I've seen pictures you posted. I've seen from others. Um, there's really nothing quite like it. And I really thank you for being here with me today. Um, so, again, that's... Uh, Augustine Minja, um, he's a, he's a big, uh, he's uh, Scott, a big Scott, Scott, guy. Scott, before, Scott, before you go, before you go, yeah. do you have one minute? Just I, I, I wanted to talk just in two minutes about the cultural immersion that AA Africa does to all our trips. Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, that would be great because that that, that, that can lend into even, even more uh, as far as uh, the whole authentic experience. So go ahead. Exactly. You know, that's the other thing that makes us different. If you go to uh, TripAdvisor, you will see that we all have all five-star rating. And TripAdvisor rate as, a, as number 13 out of more than uh, 13, uh, 100 tour operators in Tanzania. And one of the things that we've really been getting great reviews is because our trips, in our trips, we immerse people into the local authentic cultural experiences to learn the African lifestyle. Well, the, the major reason why people come here is safari, but we think the people side is as important as safari, if not more. So we immerse them into taking them into local villages. They do village walks, you know, visit schools. They visit car wood carvers. They bid with the women. They participate in different local activities they see as they go. In the end, most of them, during our debriefing, they said, Augustine, we really enjoyed that leopard you showed us. But hey, that day in the life of yours, where you took us to farmer's market, see the life of people in the villages, school, dance and sing with the school kids, participate in harvesting that coffee we found as we were walking across a coffee plantation, getting into that house and, and see that family, we'll never forget that. So we find cultural immersion as one of our core value that change the American travelers and anybody else who comes here and give them the tangible experience of this country. Because most of these lodges you stay does not give you the read the common person life. So we have that in all of our trips and it turns out to be one of the major highlights. Uh, so we do. And also we include flying doctors evacuation services. We have never needed it, thanks God, but we put it on all of our trips. Flying doctor evacuation is a professional um, flying doctors coming with a plane. It's like an air ambulance in case there's a life-threatening incident out in the middle of nowhere. We have never needed, but we do include that in all our trips. Get people fast in case there's a need to, to the reliable hospitalization. So that evacuation insurance is included in all of our trips. And to conclude this, we are also members of Tanzania Association of Tour Operators. We are members of Adventure Travel Trade Association is from the United States. We are also a member of um, PATA. I, I'm sure you've heard of PATA. Pacific Asia Trade Association. 
we are members of the New York chapter. So this, this was just to give you an idea on, on where we, we are members of, of those organizations. So um, we, 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 I, I thank you uh, so much, uh, Scott, for giving me this opportunity. I hope uh, you did get something out of it. And well, I welcome any question. No, mm -hmm. I think I'm all good. I just, you know, again, I can't thank you enough for uh, hopping on all the way from Tanzania. This is a beautiful thing about the uh, the way technology works, and it's great to be able to, uh, you know, talk with you and uh, find out so much great information about the safari experience and so much more. That's really great, and uh, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sign off now. So I appreciate it, and. Uh, I wanted to let you know that that was really, really great information. Thank you, Augustine. Thank I really you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. So just a reminder, um, we want to thank Augustine for being with us today. Uh, I do have a $21 off of each $1,000 of uh, land only or cruise only. This would include any safari you might want to book for 2021. Again, these book by December 31st of 2020 and travel begins by December 31st of 2021. I obviously want to thank uh, uh, Augustine for being with us today. Just awesome, awesome stuff. I just blown away by it. Next week we're going to have a special Thanksgiving time edition of the Walter's Wandering Travel Podcast. I'm going to have my kids with me. Well, they're not kids anymore. They're 16, 14, and 12. And we're going to talk about their travel experiences, their travel bucket list, and a whole lot more. So thank you for watching and we'll see you next time.